Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's lovely to be here. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Loves podcast. Today, we're continuing on with prayer. I've entitled this episode, Jesus, Why Pray? Well, as I said yesterday, my episodes are reflective of what I'm currently working on, and it's been said we teach what we must learn. With that in mind, let's begin again today. Come join me as we see where our prayers lead. Right away, I'm being led to the book of Daniel. If you'd like to read with me, open up to chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Now, Darius is King Darius in this. Now, he was over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because the excellent spirit was within him. Let me say that again, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom since the very early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. All right, now what the heck did we just read? Well, for starters, our beloved Daniel was so faithful that he was predictable by his opponents. Think back to our study from the book of Job. 
We learned in Job chapter 1 verse 10, the question was asked of God, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all he has on every side? You bless the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Well, Daniel and Job were very much alike in the fact that they had firm, unyielding foundations, which determined their beliefs about God. Here we read that Daniel prayed like clockwork three times per day, as was his custom since the early days. He was a man committed to his God, the one true God. Daniel had been appointed to serve alongside King Darius as one of the governors who would also oversee the 120 satraps or rulers as they were known. Daniel teaches us about praying in faith, even when our circumstances are difficult. He had been taken captive and exiled to Babylon, and yet he kept trusting his God and being faithful in prayer. Daniel was reverent toward God as he prayed upon his knees toward his home city of Jerusalem. He was working in a position of power, and yet he never allowed his powerful position to go to his head. He knew who ultimately gives and who can take away. He was called to be God's chosen servant. And although we read that Daniel knew the king's edict had been signed, he still returned to his home and prayed as was his custom. This is faith through prayer being placed into action. We are afforded the privilege to pray to a creator who wants to hear from us. He wants to know us intimately and build a relationship. One time, God impressed upon my spirit to get to know his son, Jesus. The more I studied about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God would later impress upon my heart to learn to pray. He was telling me that he longed to hear from me. Yes, he is sovereign and knows all things, but he wants relationship. He wants to hear from his children directly. Like any good parent, we don't wish to hear about our children's happenings through conversations with others or through the grapevine. No, we like to... conversate, taking an active role in our children's lives. And the rest of Daniel's story is indeed a fact. He was thrown into the lion's den, but God would prevail, proving to be faithful and save him from the pit of torture and certain death. These lions were hungry and Daniel should have been the main course, yet God would make him unappealing, thus saving him. Now, I titled this episode, Why Pray? It is a really good question. As I just mentioned, God is sovereign, meaning he already knows everything I'm going to pray about, everything I'm going to say. So one question becomes, am I simply wasting his time? Or doesn't God have more important things to do than to hear from me about my joys or my struggles within this life? Again, God is able to do all things simultaneously, so we're never wasting his time. And his word says his ways are not our ways. We're limited to what we can do, and we have time constraints placed upon us. God does not have these same concerns. Time is not linear with God. Our challenge with prayer is to approach God as the Father He is and be willing to accept His answer, even when it differs from our own desires. Our heart 
posture must be positioned toward heaven and not bent towards the world's views. I've found that my prayers do not always change my situation, but they enable me to share with God my concerns and my praises as they pertain to the situations I find myself in. So we see how Daniel didn't allow his external circumstances to affect who he was. Another Old Testament prophet was Jeremiah. Now he was commissioned for God's plan even before his birth, before he was even conceived. We learn in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And sanctified means I made you holy. I separated you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. When God calls us into his service, it's natural to feel unworthy. We, un- we usually experience a vision or a message from God, and he may then commission us or assign us a specific task to fulfill. Beloveds, we can stand on God's promise of protection and enablement. Jeremiah attempted to get out of his calling by saying he could not speak because of his youth. In God fashion, the book of Jeremiah contains more words than any other book of the Bible. So apparently he could speak. Immediately, God told Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 19, They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Like Jeremiah, we too never have to be afraid. The presence of God in our lives makes all the difference. Now, follow with me as we read from Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 through 11. It's called the potter and the clay. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now, everyone, from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And friends, this is what Jesus, what they're, he's saying now, and God, what they're saying now, repent and turn from evil. John the Baptist had the same message, repent, the kingdom of God is near. 
I know it's not a message that people want to hear, but it is a message that people need to hear. And Jeremiah is an excellent example for all people who will follow God in the face of opposition. This prophet must have stayed tethered to God in prayer. He called the nations to repentance over 100 times. Jeremiah was persistent and consistent even again in the face of adversity. The Lord had told him the fight would be against him, but they shall not prevail against you. King Jehoiakim cut up and burned the first scroll containing Jeremiah's words. He was beaten and imprisoned. At one point, he was thrown into a muddy cistern, seeking in the filthy mire. In the end, he was forcibly taken to Egypt, but even throughout his complaints and laments, he never strayed away from his calling. Jeremiah was a prophet to Judah. His region included the tribe of Benjamin. And recall Benjamin was Jacob's youngest son, his 11th son. And we see how Daniel didn't allow any external circumstances to come into his commitment with trying to bring that tribe of Judah back in, Benjamin back into line. Joseph was the number 10 son of Jacob. Now refresher for you, we have when they pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you see where this is going. So Jacob and his, as I just said, his youngest son was Benjamin. And that's the tribe that Jeremiah is trying to reign in here. So Jeremiah was not popular among the people because his prophecies went against Judah. He would call them to repent or face judgment at the hands of Babylon. Judah continued to rebel and reject the Lord. So God had no choice but to issue judgment. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 16, it's recorded as saying, I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. Here we see God's words spoken through Jeremiah where we see the old way had to be rooted up and out and destroyed before the new could be rebuilt and planted. Now the new covenant covenant through Christ's death upon the cross restored God's relationship with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, this is an episode about prayer. However, we have to see Jeremiah's faithfulness to God and his calling in the face of strong disapproval and intense, even violent opposition. He experienced what all of us who live faithfully with God will go through, persecution and rejection. Now, I'd love to say that this isn't the case, but we see it again and again throughout the Bible historically. And this too has been my personal experience. Look at what Jeremiah says about the depravity of man. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When we reside in our carnal or fleshly state, we have an absolute inability to please God. We must be spirit to spirit in our communication with God. We do this by surrendering to the Holy Spirit who guarantees our motives that will be pleasing to God. And one of the most important responsibilities of spiritual leaders is to pray for people who have been entrusted to their care. But we learn in Jeremiah that he was told not 
to pray for the people of Judah. Yeah, you heard me right. Not to pray for the people of Judah. Chapter, Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 16 says, Therefore do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. God in essence was saying their end was near. There was no way to avoid God's judgment. Throughout Israel's history, the intercession of the prophets had spared the people from divine judgment. Moses interceded for the people when they were worshiping the golden calf. Here the Lord listened and he relented of his judgment. And again, when they refused to go to Kadesh Barnea to take possession of the promised land, it was Caleb and Jacob who came back, excuse me, Jacob, who came back with the report of the land saying, you know, our God is bigger than everything we see while the people, the other 10 spies said, oh, these people, these people, they're huge. They're so big and we're like grasshoppers. And what about Samuel who turned away the Lord's anger when Israel sinned by asking for a king? The Lord threatened to send fire and locusts, but Amos interceded for the people, and there too the Lord relented of his judgment. But in Jeremiah, this prophetic intercession would no longer be able to turn away God's divine wrath, and the Lord warned that not even the prayers of Moses and Samuel could spare them from this judgment. You see, it's a privilege we're given to pray to and with our Creator. So often, and we take it for granted. The evil one tells us, you don't pray right, or your prayers don't receive answers, or we fall asleep when we begin to pray. True prayer takes effort and consistency, but we can be assured God wants and is waiting to hear from his children. So friends, by all means, pray. Pray to God. Pray, 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 pray. And you know what? Jesus will hear us. Jesus will make intercession for us. And if you've not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You see, when we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was then placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion, and his righteousness is given to us upon our conversion. While it's true, we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. What we can do is show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, pray, deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, take action now. Step out boldly in faith and conviction toward the kingdom of God and openly confess after me. Father God, I come before you repenting of known and unknown sin in my life, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and showing up for life. Jesus, you're welcome to take up permanent residence as my king upon the throne of my heart. I am confessing your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sins upon that cross at Calvary. 
Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Congratulations. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, consider growing in a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who are going to assist you and help to edify and build up your newfound faith in Christ. Congratulations, and God bless you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast is available daily. A special children's Jesus Talk University podcast airs on Wednesdays. Tune in along with your children for Bible stories you may be familiar with. Our episodes discuss and share Jesus' unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, as well as miracles, parables, and the teachings of Jesus's ministry. Now, this is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. Much of today's podcast reference my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, compelling, or perhaps wish to do your own rigorous deep dive study, you can pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com, or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word, and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And a final word Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and a power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God bless you, friends. Until next time.